And welcome to the James and Tom Do Horror Podcast, a podcast where two horror-obsessed filmmakers choose a different subgenre each show and pick their favorite old movie, favorite new movie, and favorite obscure movie from that subgenre. I'm Jimmy P of Mad Science Films, filmmaker and sexual astronaut, and as ever, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host. I'm Tom Hughes from Ritual Video. Okay, so this episode, Tom got to choose, and he chose the Christmas horror subgenre. So good pick, Tom. So what is it about the Christmas horror subgenre that you love so much? I pretty much love any horror ju- subgenre that just comes off somebody picking a random thing and then making as many films around that one thing as they can. Like, <laughs> I feel like as soon as some of the films we're going to talk about today like come from before this time, but like especially after Halloween was made, like everyone's like, oh, an occasion. Let's do Happy Birthday. Let's do Graduation Day. Like, you know, um, and Christmas horror is like, it's one of those things where it got so over like proliferated in this in the 80s especially like the 70s it kind of started the 80s it really took off and it, people still making them every now and again now but like it's always it's always a really fun movie when you watch a christmas horror movie because they always do like really nice happy christmas stuff mixed with really brutal horror stuff and that's such a great mix you know yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, for me, it's that contrast between what's supposed to be the happiest time of the year, yeah. but bubbling on the surface. If, if if we're real, it's usually pretty stressful for most people, yeah. um, especially yeah, like the idea of you know families come back together, which is then pretty stressful as it yeah. is. And then yeah, as you say, contrast that with blood and gore and you know general nastiness. Great. I mean that yeah. that is that is ticking the buttons for me. Um, I think a couple of my picks and definitely one of your picks also. What I really think about it is like Christmas has like its own mythology, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So either like drawing upon like the old European traditions of like St. Nicholas and, and more recently, you know, Krampus as well. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, or the weird modern, you know, Coca-Cola led American yeah. mythology that's developed as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I know when, when I did um, my slasher, uh, my Christmas slasher, mm-hmm. uh, one of the fun things for me was when I was writing the script was like, oh, yeah, let's just choke a dude with fairy lights. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, because it's lights, you know, it's, it was great visual in terms of lighting and everything like that. Yeah. You know, blood coming out of his mouth and all of that. Great fun. Um, and morbid as fuck at the same time. Yeah, so, man. yeah, no, I was really excited. I was really excited when you chose this. Um, yeah. yeah, massive fan. Massive fan of Christmas horrors myself. So, yeah, good pick, Tom. All righty. So, if you want to kick off, mate, what is your old pick? So, my old pick is the grandfather of it all, the classic, the original Bob Clark Black Christmas. From 74, maybe? 75, I think? Yeah, 74, I think. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. amazing film. And it wasn't just... It's what, I, it's what I watch every Christmas. I watch it every Christmas Eve. I didn't re-watch it before this show because I can't bring myself to watch it on any other day apart from Christmas Eve, really. It's like my tradition. When everybody goes to bed, I watch Black Christmas by myself just to kind of bring in Christmas <laughs> nicely for me. Um, but yes, it's a really amazing film. And it's one of those... It's one of the really early kind of proto-slasher films that kicked off the genre before Halloween came out and it took off and became what it was. There's so much stuff in Black Christmas that um, became a staple, you know, the POV and they built a, 
they built a rig to attach the camera to the cameraman's chest so he could climb the outside of the building and you could see his arms in frame and just the people getting picked off one by one and but the beautiful thing about black christmas is how slow it is it's creepy it comes from a time where horror films weren't about really ott gore or jump scares every three and a half minutes or a scare every four scenes or whatever it's supposed to be now it's, it's literally like a really good drama with some really good actors john saxon's in it margot kidder's in it all the acting's great it's lit really nice it's shot really nice and it's slow and it gets under the skin and it's really creepy i don't i well i i, I don't know but what i always wonder about black christmas is was bob clark watching any of the italian stuff that came before it because like bay of blood is a similar setup and that was a few years before torso like sergio martino's torso you know that was a year before so had he seen that and gone okay because there's there's killer povs in that with a hand pulling back a bush or watching people and the killers breathing and all this kind of stuff like so there were a few instances with it the slasher genre kind of started at like to change from the jalo into the slasher i feel like but i think black christmas is where the first time somebody in america nailed the format and you know possibly did it so well i don't know if there's a better i don't think there's a more classy slasher film even though it's on the outside it's just a christmas slasher film i, I really do think it's like it's a really good piece of filmmaking it's not just for body count or whatever you know yeah definitely definitely yeah i mean i remember the first time i watched it and I, I was loving it so much and then the ending where it's like oh my god it's not even you know who you've spent the whole film thinking it is yeah. and it and it leaves it on like the creepiest of all question marks at the end <laughs> absolutely love it dude um yeah the the voice the the phone call all of that stuff mate and, and as you say do that stuff himself didn't he do the voice bob clark I, I think so mate i think you're right i think you're right uh, I mean, obviously, he's got some Christmas issues as well, because, of course, the other film he's very well known for is uh, Christmas Story, which is a bit more of a traditional Christmas tale as well. Mm. But, um, yeah, no, absolutely love it, mate. Uh, good call. Uh, you beat me to it. So I, I, I've got one that's similar, uh, and yeah. definitely similar vibes and similar stuff I'm going to say to yours. But, uh, mm. yeah, it was it was fun re-watching it uh, for, for this again, because it had been a few years since I've seen it. So, have you seen either of the the remakes they've done recently? All right. So I watched the new one about two weeks ago. Pretty much hated it. <clears throat> it's it's exactly what I dislike about horror these days. Is it's just filmmaking by committee to be as to be as kind of PC implicate every single audience possible by being very nice to everyone and very inclusive of everyone without actually having a good story. And the main thing that bothered me about it was they took it away from. The mythology of black christmas and just kind of took it to, i won't spoil it but they took it to a place that i was like yeah okay but what's that got to do with black christmas you know what's that whereas if you if you look at the 2006 remake that that took the the original mythology and expanded it it gave you a backstory for the characters it gave you um a new a new a new world that was set in the same universe as the original but expanded on it and i absolutely i almost nearly picked the 2006 one as my new pick i was gonna go old black christmas new black christmas <laughs> because i watched it again last week like for the first time in probably about 10 years maybe i went to see it when i saw it when i was younger i remember it being really scary and really violent and then i watched it now and i was like oh, okay it's not really scary but it is quite violent 
But the main thing that's amazing about it is that how much love there is for the genre, how much love there is for the original in that film. It's such a great, it's such a great add-on, and I love, I love where the director took the characters, you know. And I love uh, if you watch the extras, the guy, you know, he wrote it, and he directed it, and he produced it, and he's used the same team he's used on every film. He had made a film that had bombed before that, I think, and then didn't think he was going to get to make another feature. And then he got given this and he wrote it and he, Bob Clark liked it. And then he got Bob Clark on board and he's on the set while he's making it. And he's asking, he did it the right way. Like if you're going to do a remake or a reimagining, you do it the right way and you pay respect to the original and you have the original people involved as much as you can. And he, d he just did it with the respect that it deserved, I felt like. And I, I really think like, even though people tend to pan remakes a lot, I think it's one of the best remakes I've seen. I really do think, like, it's definitely worth watching both of them this Christmas, you know? I'm going to have to dig it out, because I have not seen it, so probably good. since it came out. Um, and unfortunately, I kind of watched it back-to-back -back with a bunch of other remakes around about the time, you know, back when they did, like, April Fool's Day, the remake, Prom mm -hmm. Night, the remake. So it, it for me at the time, it's all kind of muddied together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely have to do a rewatch just based on your recommendation there, dude. That's a good one. <laughs> cool, cool. Okay then. So moving on to my old pick for Christmas horror subgenre, uh, I've gone slightly earlier. So Silent Night, Bloody Night, aka the terrible uh, named Death House, which yeah, just really doesn't help. Uh, from 1972, uh, it shot in 1972. Uh, depending on who you speak to might have been released 1974 probably to cash in on black christmas's mm -hmm. success around about that time uh directed by theodore gashuni um yeah as i say it, it predates black christmas in terms of when it was shot and halloween uh, as we've said uh arguably then the, the first slasher film but to be honest like when i um started researching the film when we did the the remake reboot um i'd actually argue it's an american jallo film um, and that's kind of what you were saying about Black Christmas as well, Tom. You know, like it's complete with its like complicated psychosexual uh, back mm -hmm. history of the the characters. You know, leather gloved killers um, and a whodunit plot where you don't know, you know, yeah. who is the killer and everything like that. Um, I, I love this film. It might just be because I watched it so many times in in prep for you know when we did the remake. Yeah. Um, it's got a great cast. Uh, you know, you got uh, John Carradine, you got Mary Warrenov, uh, mm. who I will watch anything with her in. She is <laughs> yeah. like just one of those like yeah. movie stars. Like when I when I first watched her in Eating Raoul, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Um, yeah. And I've watched so many bad films with her in, but she she elevates whatever she's yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, Chopping Ball, <laughs> another great one, another great one. Night of the Comet as well. Oh, I uh, love Night of the Comet. So good. Yeah, she she pops up in yeah a lot of great films. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Silent Night, Bloody Night. Um, again, I love it. It's it's because it's like as you said, like a proto slasher. The rules haven't been established, um, so there's this unpredictability about this and, and Black Christmas, which I really like. Uh, it's not a perfect made film. Um, I think if 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 you watch it, I, and I only really noticed it this time when I was rewatching it for the show, was there's pretty much like three exposition voiceovers that the film starts with mm. so you get a voiceover from mary warren of explaining how she fits into it you then get the um the uh the, the the story and then you get like the solicitor reading like the last will and testament 
of of the characters before you even get into the film. So like the first ten minutes is like a huge info dump, yeah. which isn't you know, as a filmmaker, isn't one of the best ways to kind of relate this information. Um, and that's one of the things that we did when we did the remake, was we kind of tried to strip it back, keeping all of the actual backstory, but like, but we, we dished it out a bit more um, throughout the film. Yeah. So it's not this huge info dump at the beginning. Um, but have, have you seen Silent Night, Bloody Night? Okay, so yes. But when you, when you sent me your pics... I misread it and I rewatched Silent Night Deadly Night this week. <laughs> not not the only not the only person who's who's made who who's made that uh, yeah yeah, yeah choice. So I watched I watched I enjoyed that one, but I'd seen that one, <laughs> like yeah. So I watched the wrong one. I've nah, seen nah. the remake though. I've got your remake. It's on like a it's on like a triple with some other things, isn't it? Or like a double disc. Apparent apparently so. I, as mm. I could say, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody from Silent Night Bloody Night. Really? So <laughs> how did you end up getting that anyway? Like. Um, again, so the original ended up in the public domain, uh, uh, and and the, and the producer who let's just say I, I no longer work with, yeah, uh, kind of came to me after we did the first film, uh, and said, "Hey, you know, do you want to do a Christmas slasher film?" And I was like, "Yeah, well up for that." Yeah. And then he was just like, "Okay, cool, we can we can do a remake of this." And I was just like, well, "Okay, not a remake," mm. but like I I loved the original before, you know, like the discussion of of doing a remake. Um, and then when I rewatched it, um, I was on a massive Jallo kick at the time, mm. and it was that connection for me that was like, well, this this really isn't a slasher film, uh, and it was doing all all the digging and the history on it, you know, about it being shot in 1972, and mm. absolutely like you said with Torso and all of that, where it's yeah proto slasher, mm. uh, you know, late period Jallo film, um, that I was like, oh, I you know what, like Christmas slasher, great. But really, the the chance for me on my second feature to do is a Jallo movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm never going to pass that, yeah, that chance yeah. to do. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely recommend checking out the original before you check out our remake. Uh, it, it it our remake suffers because you know we just didn't have the budget. Where to did you shoot it? Uh, around all around Swansea way oh, uh, okay. in a- in April, which is not a good time to try shoot a. Um, yeah. Uh, Christmas uh, slasher hor- horror film. So uh, yeah. <laughs> how how but, long did you have to film it? How many days? Oh god, uh, I think that one was ten days. Oh, so okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were really lucky with the location that we got to to play like the butler household. So yeah. like you know the main old mansion house. Yeah. Um, which just yeah that that added so much to the film and the layout was perfect for some of the the ideas mm. and the shots that we had harking back to the original so yeah i mean i, I look back on it fondly because you know i was shooting with a bunch of uh, you know mates and everything like yeah, that yeah. Uh, did you ever I got get great... flack for doing a remake did people complain oh always you? always but i think you know to be honest because the one we did before that was night of the living dead which of course is oh, one yeah. of the, the, the precious movies you know like everybody got their death threats out of the way by the time <laughs> we got around to the second yeah. Um, with with Night of the Living Dead, what was uh, really hilarious about that was that yeah, for about a week we were the most hated people on the internet. Really? But yeah, thankfully uh, a week later they announced the Evil Dead remake, uh, and they right. got all the hate then. Great. So uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was one of those times. in the public domain as well. Uh, the Amityville one's a funny one. It's it's you can stick Amityville because it's a location on onto the front of anything, oh, okay, so you can't cool. do it as. Uh, Amityville, you can't remake the Amityville horror, yeah. but you could do Amityville 
whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. So yes, Amityville Asylum, Amityville yeah, Playhouse. Yeah. Uh, there's I I haven't seen it, but I understand there's an Amityville vibrator out there as well. So, okay. Uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. Anyway, back to more, most importantly, Silent Night, Bloody Night. I absolutely recommend checking it out. Tom, do your best to, to check out the original. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I'm going to watch that, and I'm going to watch yours again this week. Oh, okay. Well, if, if, if you must. the two of them. <laughs> there we go. All righty. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so Tom, what is your new pick for Christmas horror subgenre? My new pick was more difficult because there's a lot of, there's a lot of like modern Christmas horrors that I really enjoy. <clears throat> um, and I did. I I gotta be honest. The pick that I picked isn't the most Christmassy horror film ever. <laughs> yeah. I think it could be classed as a Christmas horror film. I know that there's a shot missing with Robert Forster wearing a Christmas hat in one of the scenes. So I know it was meant to be a Christmas horror film. It does take place in the snow. It is set around Christmas time, but it's not perhaps the most Christmassy thing ever. Um, so it's Jim Cummins' uh, second like major feature, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. I think it came out maybe last year or the year before um so jim cummins really great filmmaker really great kind of do-it-yourself indie guy uh was uh i think he was kind of self-financing a lot of stuff and then he got some money from uh it might have been sh short of the week or it was some kind of short film production thing that gave him a, a budget to make a set of short films um which did really well they're on arrow player now if you're in the uk you can check them out it's just called the jim cummins collection and there's like maybe four or five short films they're all kind of romantic most of them but they're all essentially they're all one person kind of having a breakdown and they're really interesting and really well made um so he kind of blew up on the short circuit then he made a short uh about a police uh, like a highway patrol guy having a meltdown at a funeral and that took off and then from there he got um thunder road made and if you haven't seen Thunder Road, highly recommend you checking it out. It's not a horror film. It's a really amazing drama um, that's funny and heartfelt. And it's probably just one of the best films I've seen in, in the last kind of decade. Um, and the first shot is a 12 minute one. That's the entire short film in one take. And then the title card comes up and the film starts. And it's, it's amazing. You know, the first time I watched that, I was like, Jesus. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, OK, anything this guy does, I really want to see. And then I started reading he's doing a horror film it's like a wolf film you know it's going to be like it's going to be scary and everything i couldn't wait and then yeah i think I, I saw it the first time and i was slightly disappointed but i think because i love thunder road so much but i've watched it i think another two times since and now i kind of get it more and i really love it and i do it's got that it's got that really nice small town fargo kind of feel where it's really snowy and everyone knows each other and it's a bit backwards and it's a bit gossipy and the characters are really good um I, he's the main character again his acting's really really great and then robert Forster is his dad and it was the last movie he did i think before he died actually um so it's you know he's obviously amazing in it and uh yeah so it's a really good film it's i'd say it's slightly more of a horror comedy than just a straight up horror it's kind of a mystery whodunit kind of thing but obviously you know by the title there is there is a big werewolf in it as well so it's excellent it is enough of no, a no spoilers there yeah. yeah i mean you you know that there's a wolf on it so yeah but it's it's a really really uh it's a really fun film and it's kind of a more light-hearted thing to watch around christmas if you find it a bit heavy with all the uh body counts and stuff <laughs> nice yeah no, i'm gonna have to check that out uh i didn't get a chance to watch it before uh the show 
but it is definitely yeah a, again massive fan of thunder road so yeah yeah wanted to check that out definitely man there's loads of really nice references in it too man there's a lot of like even like the, the way the, the way the the wolf is made and like the way the way things move and the things that people say there's like nice little horror references there's he's done kind of the classic thing of naming roads after like people and all that kind of stuff there's just loads of really nice nods to the genre like he's watched you know he's watched american werewolf a lot and he's you know he's gone back and watched the howling he's watched like maybe even wolf or like wolf and all these like you know classics and then reinterpret them all into this small town kind of murder mystery with really really good character stuff so you're you're still watching a guy unravel essentially and try to juggle all these like keep all these plates spinning the entire time which is lovely to watch because you're just waiting for it all to fall apart but then <clears throat> uh you know murders are happening at the same time that he's trying to solve and it could be supernatural you don't know what it is it's just a really nice mix of things it's nice to see when a good director like that who's good at who's good at writing characters and really good at acting incorporates horror into what he's doing because that's the way that's i mean that's definitely the way to do it isn't it it's like get a really good film and then add horror into it rather than just make a bunch of horror and not have any characters or drama or whatever in it you know definitely mate definitely yeah i think i think that's that's one of the big things especially about more recent horror films is they sit there seems to be like a return to focusing back on the characters and yeah. you know the scenarios that we put them through what that actually means for them how they feel about it how they're developing what decisions they make mm -hmm. which might not have been the case you know in in the past where it was more plot led and well the characters have to do this so we can kill them in five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes yeah so yeah yeah no it, definitely even, you know every character you meet like some of the characters you meet they're not on screen very long but you don't know that and everyone you meet is so well developed like he's he's really he's so good at bringing somebody in and making you care about them straight away by making them identifiable with like you know dealing with something that, that people can empathize with so everyone you meet you're like ah oh, hope nothing bad happens to them which is yeah, so perfect yeah. for a horror film i much yeah. prefer i hope nothing bad happens to them too these people are so annoying i can't wait to watch them die which is a lot of like 2000 yeah. slasher films like that yeah, was kind of the I, I think that, yeah, I mean, that comes from, like you were saying earlier, all, all like the Halloween ripoffs and everything like that was, yeah. you know, they, they focused on the wrong bit. They focused on the gore rather than yeah. you know, what the original Halloween did so well was, yeah, let's, I hope Jamie Lee Curtis survives. You know, yeah. I don't want her to die. Yeah. Whereas, you know, by the time we got to Friday the 13th and its sequels, it was just like, eh, don't kill those kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah or urban legend and i still know what you did last summer and all that in the like 2000s or whatever it was i mean that was really you know but yeah definitely worth a watch the wolf of snow hollow a weird a weird christmas pick i think but i like to try and have weird picks that people might not have seen so definitely worth watching excellent yep yeah, we'll check that out man what cool. about your uh, newer one then so my new one is 2015's krampus so there was like a shed ton of krampus films released during that period. So it's the Michael Doherty one with Adam Scott and Tony Collette in. Um, I, I kind of sat on this because it was during that period when, yeah, there was like 15 Krampus mm. movies being made, uh, all with slightly different titles. And I kind of thought, well, how good 
you know, it, are any of these going to be? Yeah. Um, and it was round about the time when, uh, you know, like the Krampus story kind of became popular as a social media thing. Mm. Um, you know, round about 2013 or whatever, you know, like we started hearing more about it through social media. Um, so I didn't check it out until a couple of years ago when it finally came to Netflix. And I just kind of thought it was Christmas time. I hadn't seen it. Let, let, let's watch it. Put it on. Um, and I was really pleasantly surprised how nasty it goes. Um, it, it's it's like a family Christmas film. Yeah. And it reminds me a lot of Gremlins in that, you know, there's a lot of warm and fuzzy thing. It's got quite some established stars in it. So you think, oh, everybody's going to be safe yeah. and it's going to be very PG horror. And then there's some impressive monster designs, which I was really impressed with. Yeah. There's some impressive gore and there's quite a nasty streak running through it. And I was just like, wow, okay, my, my bad for kind of sitting on this and not, not checking it out. And like earlier when I was talking about kind of like the um, Christmas mythology, you know, like the mythology around it, in the same way that there's, you know, like a vampire mythology or a zombie mythology, werewolf mythology, the Christmas uh, mythology about, cr um, you know, like Krampus and, and Santa and all of that kind of stuff, I really liked how they kind of, related it through this story i mean i was aware of it anyway but the way that they you know kind of told that tale in this film i was fully on board with mm. so is, is this one that you've you've seen as well Matt? I, I really like it it's another one I, I was such a huge fan of trick or treat that i went into it really excited to watch whatever he was going to make next watch it for the first time was disappointed watched it again really enjoyed it watched it again last week just for this really enjoyed it again like i thought you know how much he nails the like wonderful happy like john hughes 80s christmas feeling at the beginning he nails it so well and and the tone of it's so lovely and then yeah when it does take it in it is it's uh it does get really dark and really like unravels pretty quickly which is great you know but it, it also it takes you a lot of places you don't expect it to go and it's, it's really fun like i i definitely it's it, what I love about it is how much you get that warm Gremlins feeling. You know what I mean? You get that warm, like, kind of 80s nostalgic feeling almost watching a new film. And that's hard to pull off, man. You know? Yeah, I really like it. Definitely, man. Gremlins, um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with yeah. you know, the cousin and that family and all of that. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was ticking those buttons for me, man. And yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and my, my bad for just kind of sitting on it and, and waiting on it. But I, I, I absolutely blame the fact that at that, that year, there were so many Krampus movies coming out. Yeah. That I was just like, nah. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. But it will become a Christmas regular for me. So Christmas yeah. Eve, when the kids are gone to bed and I'm wrapping presents or you know constructing yeah. whatever toys they've got, I'm gonna have that on in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just enjoy it, man. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Cool, awesome, man. So what have you got for your obscure pick? So obscure, obscure was was uh, it was it was between. I trapped the devil and rear exports. I went rear exports because it's more Christmassy. I trapped the devil is technically set at Christmas, but it's not necessarily a Christmas film. I wouldn't say. Um, whereas rear exports is a film about Christmas, but it's a really offbeat, strange film about Christmas that uh, it's, it's 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 kind of a similar thing to like Krampus, where like it looks like a coke advert. You know, the kid is like a little rosy cheek blonde boy looking through a snowy window out at the snow, and it's like. There's fairy lights everywhere and everything's lit really lovely and very warm and very nice. Um, and then it, it, it ends up, it, it kind of becomes this 
it's, it's got a really odd structure to it like I don't you know the way it unfolds is like really really weird and it goes to a lot of places you wouldn't expect it's not like a straight up horror film it's not even really scary it's just quite kind of odd and it, I think the reason I like it so much is, is because I watched it a few years ago when I was going on a big because I, I, I will I'll watch all, all the Halloween films at Halloween and all, every summer I'll watch as many slasher films as I can I watch the burning when it's really warm it just feels right so I, most winters I will go on a Christmas uh, horror like binge anyway you know this year I just got to talk about it with somebody else but i wouldn't yeah. do this if, even if we weren't doing a podcast yeah good call, um, good call. yeah i think i'd watch loads of christmas films and got a bit burnt out on them and then watch that one because i kept seeing it on people's lists of, of stuff to watch and it because it, i don't know i don't know where it's from it might be like finland or sweden or it's somewhere nordic anyway um and i think i think that like the 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 language is in and the place is in and the, like you said the mythology of that place being so different it kind of reminds me of what troll hunter did for the found footage genre for me you know it put it in a place i'm not familiar with it, it used local culture of that area which no you know most people aren't familiar with unless you're from it and then it told uh the story in a, in a different way which was really fresh have you seen it did you like it yeah, I seen it. I loved it. I saw it way back when in Abattoir Horror Film Festival. So mm. the horror film festival in Aberystwyth. I think it was 2010 they showed it. And I absolutely loved it. Went in blind because rare export, that could be anything. Yeah. So I didn't know it was a Christmas horror film. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, it almost feels like, especially towards the end, more like an action movie, doesn't yeah. it? Like an action adventure film. Just because it goes so epic or whatever, which again based on where it starts you're not expecting no. it to go to that place um and yeah absolutely like you were saying about troll hunter and everything it's it's you know like this overseas locale yeah. their take on it just gives us it, it, it's us with our fresh eyes enjoying mm. a christmas horror all over again mm. uh i know when you told me about that i one of the films i watched in preparation for this show and didn't quite make my choice or my honorable mention but still worth a, a watch with rare exports is uh saint or synth um mm. and again does very similar stuff in terms of looks more at like the saint nicholas um you know story and yeah. the history behind that um that kind of lens as a killer santa movie with supernatural elements and, and all of that uh, i absolutely recommend doing those two as a, a, a double bill i'd say rare exports is a better film um but definitely check out Sint as well. Yeah, that, if that you're going to have a beer, do Rear Exports first. Yeah. And by the time call. that picks up and you've had a beer, have yeah. another beer and do Saint because that's much more actiony all the way through. Like from like half hour in, yeah. just a yeah, really yeah. crazy action film. But it's yeah. like, do you know what I loved about watching? I watched Saint for the first time this week because you mentioned it the other day. I'd seen posters for it. I'd seen it, seen it on lists, but never caught it. It's on Prime at the moment in the UK, so I managed to watch it, and the. It, what I loved is the dude like did his own music, produced it himself, directed it. You you know it was like a low but but what he's pulling off with a low budget is amazing. Like he's doing some really good VFX stuff in that. And oh the I mean the the horses uh the horse running across the rooftop. I yeah. was just like how how yeah. you know that's the kind of thing that I wouldn't even write into a script because no. I was like okay animals yeah VFX On rooftop roof. no <laughs> just. I wouldn't even bother writing it down because <laughs> I knew I could do it. But fair play to ambitious, him. I, don't, I mean, I, you must have had a decent budget, but it's such an ambitious film anyway. I, I, I thought it was I thought it was really good. I thought it was fun. 
I really, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, not my pick though, because you know I've got I've got other films that I would I kind of rate over it. Yeah. So yeah. my obscure pick then is from 2018. It's Await Further Instructions. So at the moment this is on Netflix in the UK, uh, directed by the awesomely named Johnny Kevorkian. Uh, <laughs> I actually caught this at Fractured Visions Horror Film Festival a couple of years ago mm-hmm. in Cardiff. Um, I went in absolutely blind, didn't know anything about it. The poster's not particularly Christmassy either. It looks like a um, sci-fi film. Yeah, yeah. So, probably the best way to enjoy it. So I'll try not to go into too many spoilers. It's set at Christmas time. It's kind of like a family coming back together for the Christmas meal. So again, very similar to the setup in Krampus and, and other things. It, it, let's just say it starts off pretty strained as it is. You know, like the family don't really gel all that well cohesively. Um, and then it just goes to the most mental, craziest places you can imagine. Again, it's one of those ones that starts at A and you could never predict where it ends up. Yeah. Um, although the, the only thing I will say is it's kind of like a um, confined space film in that they've got to stay in the same place together mm-hmm. to stay safe, kind of. But I, I, yeah, I don't want to say too much. So, so, Tom, have you actually checked this one out yet? I did. I watched it this week. I looked at it a whole bunch of times. Yeah. I thought it was a dystopian sci-fi film and not watched it, and weirdly confused it with Upgrade. Have you ever seen the film Upgrade? Yeah, yeah, right, no, I so can, I can imagine that. Yeah, the, the guy on the poster looks slightly similar to the guy that's in Upgrade, so I'd always kind of confused those two films together. Um, yeah, but I did watch it this week, and I it was I it was the perfect setup, as you said. You know, I didn't really know what it was. I didn't wasn't really expecting anything. I was surprised it was set at Christmas. I was like, oh, okay, well, this is why he picked it then, I guess. It ends up being kind of like a uh, really crazy, like some of the old Black Mirror stuff where yeah. they used to do... I mean, I, Black Mirror is really, really good. But when it was just kind of Charlie Brooker doing UK tally when he first started, he was really yeah. doing some crazy shit. Oh, that first season, <laughs> And it, it reminds me yeah. of kind of the first couple of series of Black Mirror. Um, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, and also... Uh, like you said, he, he does a really good job of like making one location really interesting, and yeah. also keeping you guessing as to like what's actually going on <laughs> um, outside. Definitely, man. Which is yeah. it was cool. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, I'm I'm, I'm walking around it because I don't want to spoil it for people. Mm. But yeah, you can argue it's not that Christmassy, despite the fact it's being set at Christmas. But I will say, at the end, I read that totally as a nativity. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that that's that was my reading of it. Um, yeah. Again, yeah, I I absolutely dug it, man. And it, uh, going in blind is the best way for it. Um, yeah. I I love that's what I love about horror film festivals as as a fan. Yeah, it's just going in, letting somebody else have done the curation, and it, and it, it's got to be people that you trust. That's why I love Aberyst with the yeah. Abattoir one, because yeah, yeah. I know the 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 three guys behind that have got <clears throat> excellent taste. Yeah, um, and I love Fractured Visions because I know Phil, who runs it, has got yeah, amazing yeah. taste. So I'm like, okay, guys, just. Yeah. You you tell me what's good and I'll sit in a room for fifteen hours and watch a, a bunch of films. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. love it. I absolutely love it. I saw Better um, Watch Out at Abattoir when I went to Abattoir. Oh yeah. So yeah, that was one yeah. I considered for my lists as well. And and one that I wasn't expecting. I don't think it was programmed with anything else Christmassy at the time. Mm. I don't even know what month it was I was in. Maybe it was November or something. Uh, it probably would have been no yeah, they tend to be uh yeah. early November, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not not as massive a fan. Again, like 
we'll, we'll avoid being too negative. Mm -hmm. But that one kind of suffered about something that you were saying with earlier in that I just didn't really care enough about the characters. It, ha it didn't happen to me the first time. It happened to me the second time. So the first time yeah. when I watched it in a film festival, because I think I was, cause I was drinking maybe, I was like, this is fucking great. <laughs> How much fun is this? And then I bought it on DVD. I waited for it to come out. I was like, right, it's coming out. That was one of my favorite films I saw at that festival. And I watched it and I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> I didn't really enjoy it. Same thing happened, happened to me. with um, The Lodgers. Have you ever seen The Lodgers? Uh, yeah, yeah. Real, yeah. real, really loved it at Abattoir. Really, really enjoyed it. Spoke to the director and then watched it afterwards. And I was like, oh, it was good. But it wasn't as good as I remember it being there. But I think it's because yeah. you're in a room with all the people and you're excited. And exactly. There, there are certain films which are just designed for festivals and yeah. play great at festivals. And it's great if you've got a couple of beers in you. Yeah. You're surrounded by fellow-minded horror fans. Yeah, yeah. Great. And then when you get home and you watch it, you know, sober. <laughs> yeah. By yourself or, or with somebody who's maybe not as hardcore a horror fan, you're like, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I remember why I dug it, but it's not pushing those buttons yeah, again. That's, that's what I, that's what happened. Uh, that's I happened to, to me. Yeah. My stuff played at horror festivals, so people dig it. More. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm actually getting stocking stuff of the fake Grindhouse trailer I made of like a Christmas slasher film. Yeah, it's playing at Soho Horror Festival, which is cool. Nice. It's online. Um, yeah. but yeah, I will have something Christmassy played at a horror festival this year. Excellent. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, Tom. So that's our main picks. So have you got any honorable mentions you want to uh, give people a heads up on? Uh, so I Trapped the Devil, the other one that I was going to select for my weird pick. Weird film. Um, I mean, pretty much everything I'm going to say is a weird film pick most of the time. So yeah, it's an odd kind of offbeat, really slow, slightly creepy film where you're trying to work out what's going on. Kind of my favorite thing. Um, Jocelyn Donahue's in it for the, and she's like one of my faves shot amazingly one location again um set at christmas and yeah just a really strange kind of offbeat uh yeah um and i think it's on i think it's on shudder maybe i watched it on shudder and yeah it's uh, i i i'm not currently with shudder but i watch it on prime video oh, so it's okay, on prime cool. video as well yeah so prime or shudder you can see it on both worth a watch a thousand percent though what everybody should do as soon as you listen to this podcast Listen to the end first, then pause it, go on YouTube and type in Treevenge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the best short film yeah. ever. Jason Eisner made it, Hobo with a Shotgun. He made yeah. Slumber Party Abduction Massacre in VHS 2, that amazing section with the alien abduction. Um, yeah, really great director, really great filmmaker. Now he's doing a bunch of Vice documentaries about wrestling. Yeah, um, Dark Side of the Ring, good show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Treevenge is... Uh, yes. is really short few minutes and it gets really crazy don't watch it with anybody too sensitive no definitely good call as well man i'm, I'm glad we didn't wrap up this episode without mentioning it because yeah Love it's it one so that you know like i never make a point of watching but it always kind of crops up on social media because somebody for the first time discovers it each year and i'm so jealous of them yeah. discovering it for the first time there's a shot in the street where there's just carnage there's yes. one thing that's going on i can't explain what it is because i'll ruin it for you but there's one shot in the street just look in the background <laughs> just look in the background in that shot and watch it a few times and just watch all the things that are going on in that one wide in the street because it's amazing <laughs> yeah 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 nice one good call man good call awesome right yeah i uh i watched uh, i trapped the devil for the first time um because of your recommendation it was on mm. my watch list it's one i'd heard of uh didn't twig it was a, a christmas theme so again great this show's a great excuse for me to finally check it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really dug it. Really enjoyed it. I, I love those ones. And again, try not to do, be too spoilery. 
but I love those ones where it plays with the is it in the character's head or not. Mm. Um, and absolutely love it. There was a couple of other films, I, again, thanks to Abattoir that, that I'd seen, um, which walk that same line. Have you ever seen a film called uh, They Look Like People? Oh, no, it's in my list because I love the poster. Yep. Yeah, I haven't exactly. watched it yet, but it's been in my list since I saw the post because I think, oh, well, let's go. Is it a yeah. UK film as well? Uh, no, no, oh, okay. no. It's, a, I, it's either Canadian or US. Right. Um, again, I went in blind. It was just, just a film there. I loved the look of the poster. Yeah. Didn't know anything about it. Very similar fi- uh, vibes to I Trapped the Devil. Mm. Um, it was my joint favorite film that year with another one, which again is pushing those same buttons, um, called The Invitation. So again, I think that's on oh, Netflix now. One, yeah. yeah, Logan Marshall Green. So yeah. the guy who kind of looks like Tom Hardy, but isn't Tom Hardy. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, um, th- those were my joint favorite films this year, and both of those again are doing the: is it in the character's head, or is there something going on? Mm. And both like perfect at walking that fine line, and that's what I really liked about I Trapped the Devil as well. Yeah, was like you know, is this psychosis? Does it become mass psychosis? What is going on? Uh, really enjoyed it, mate. And yeah, again, thanks so much for for you know kicking me up the bum to actually make me go and and, and finally I'll watch the film. You'll do the same now with uh, they look like people. I'll watch that this week. Yeah, definitely check that out if you can. Um, I think that might be on Arrow Player. It definitely popped up somewhere recently, and I was just like, ooh, it's okay, that's Jerry Rewatch. Yeah, because recently I've got like I've got Disney Plus, and I got Now TV because the new Conjuring's on Now TV, and you could get uh, pounds for like a tenner. So I was like, well, I'm just going to buy the DVD anyway, so I'll just pay for Now TV and get the new Conjuring film, which was really yep. good. And like, I loved, by the way, even though loads of people panned it, I thought mm. it was awesome. Um, really, I really haven't good. seen the new one yet, but uh, really yeah, my, my wife, well, like my wife, anyway. yeah, my wife treated us to Now TV for Christmas. So yeah, again, I'll be doing the same There's thing. There's loads just... of really good stuff on there. Awesome, awesome, cool. Righty, Tom, were there any other honourable mentions you wanted to throw out there? Uh, yeah, so my last one was Silent Night, which is a really great, really fun slasher film, similar small town, snowy setting, but it's really brutal. And it like, <laughs> it's, I mean, it starts off pretty grim anyway. There is a bit of a nasty vein running through it. All the characters are pretty, like, they're pieces of work. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well made and really fun. And it's only like 80 minutes or something. Yeah, Silent Night, really, really fun uh, Santa with a flamethrower film. <laughs> I mean, what more do you need? Yeah, yeah. awesome, <laughs> awesome. Okay, I'm going to stick with um, Santa Slashers then. So I'd recommend, if you guys haven't seen it, Christmas Evil, a.k.a. You Better Watch Out, uh, from 1980. Um, imagine Silent Night, Deadly Night meets Taxi Driver with a batshit crazy ending that is both absurd and heartwarming at the same time um just bizarre absolutely bizarre it 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 feels like a grim character study of a person like like taxi driver you know a person with mental issues going downhill dressing as santa while he's doing it and putting people in danger and then the ending uh is this one you've seen tom yeah i saw it a few years ago i think i was expecting to watch a really kind of happy upbeat film or whatever and I was like oh no that's a bummer <laughs> <laughs> it was good yeah. though but it was like yeah, I, 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 I just uh, that, that ending though um, just kind of left me with a oh okay yeah N- not sure what's happening there but I kind of dug it <laughs> uh, so there's that one uh, my one that was kind of vying for modern uh, so I was really umming and ahhing what, what my new one was going to be so my runner up to uh, modern 
Christmas horror was 2008's The Children. So uh, it's almost uh, kind of, although it's not credited, it's kind of like a quasi remake of either 1980s The Children or even earlier 1974's Devil Times Five. So it's a killer kid movie, but it's one that leans really heavily into the characters. And like we were talking about earlier, it's Im imagine you know your there's two sets of parents meeting up for a Christmas meal, um, and they've got a bunch of kids with them. And there's like a infection or something that turns these kids into killer kids, into evil little shits. Imagine being the parent who has to um, decide what they're going to do. And then imagine being the other parent of, you know, like somebody watching the other couple trying to kill your kid. So it's, it's all this family tension and everything mm. like that. Very low budget, clearly, you know, like very small cast, one location again. Uh, I, I really dug it. Um, and it's probably... It came out in 2008. I didn't see it until a few years after that. Probably a good idea, because if I'd seen it in 2008, that would have put me off having kids for the rest of my life. Because <laughs> even before they turn evil, they are stressful little bastards. So, yeah. Is that, have you seen this one, Tom? No. Weirdly, Devil Times 5 came on to <clears throat> Arrow Player this week, or Shudder this week, one of them. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I'll have to check that out. So I'd only just heard of that, but I've never heard of What's it called? The Children. Yeah, so no, check out, check out, like, they don't credit as, as a remake. So I don't know whether it's just because they're in public domain or whatever. Now, The Devil Times 5 uh, is a great 70s kind of grindhouse exploitation movie. Mm. Um, and what works really great with that is they are evil kids who still act like kids. So they're still laughing and joking or whatever. Yeah. And then they just happen to slit somebody's throat. Yeah. Now yeah. the <laughs> 1980s, the children, that's kind of has more of a like ecological horror theme. So I think it's from memory. It's been a couple of years since I've seen it. But mm. From memory, it's something like a chemical waste spill or something like oh, that. Okay, terms, cool. terms them evil. Um, so the new. Yes. Yeah. Good call. Good call. That's is a, so good, man. It's the same that is a good thing, one. isn't it? That is good. Absolutely. Same thing. I I love the killer kids genre. Yeah. Um, Oh God! There's there's another one which I think is Spanish one, which was called Child's Play, uh, but then they renamed it something else when it was re-released over here. Mm. Um, I, I'm completely drawing a blank what that's called. Uh, but again, that's uh, like all all the kids on an island turn killer, and yeah. then it's up to the adults to kind of save themselves. What I would say though, what I really dig about the 2008 one is it really looks at the characters. And it's character-led, mm. so the decisions the characters make are not are not because they have to, you know, they have to get from A to B because the plot says so, but it's because it's what the characters would do at that time. And they spend enough time at the beginning establishing the characters. And there's a teenage daughter as well, who's you know kind of on the cusp of is she a kid or is she an adult, and what happens with that as well. Mm. So definitely worth checking out. That's on Prime Video uh, as a freebie. So that's worth checking out. And finally, uh, I'm going to do one which is, I, I would say is horror. It's Game Over. So this one's from France, a.k.a. Dial Code Santa Claus, 1989, um, by René Manzor. So it's Home Alone before Home Alone meets And All Through the House. So the Tales from the Crip episode where mm -hmm. there's a, like a, a disturbed man dressed as Santa trying to get into the house. So it's, it's that. The kid is obsessed with Rambo, hence the, like, uh, booby traps and everything like that. It's too close. I think the first time alone is like 1990. Mm. So 
it must be just a hell of a coincidence that these two films came out at the same time. But it's definitely worth tracking out. I think it is on Shudder or something now. When I tracked it out, I I couldn't get it legally, so I I think I watched a really bad, non-dubbed, non-subtitled version. But it it was, you know, I got enough of the story that I still enjoyed it uh, on YouTube. But I think you can get it legally now on Blu-ray as well as, I'm fairly sure it's on Shudder. So Mm. yeah, check out Game Over, a.k.a. Dial Code Santa. I'm going to have to watch that. I've never heard of it. It's really good. And honestly, man, it's it's spooky. Like, apart from the killer santa like how close it is to uh how close it is to home alone mm. so yeah definitely worth checking and out. don't forget to watch die hard and gremlins you have to watch die hard and gremlins every year and also i would say eight bit christmas i watched this week and it was absolutely great so i saw the trailer it's a bunch of kids trying to get a nintendo i was like i'm on board set in the 80s looks absolutely great i watched it on now tv and expected it just to be a comedy and it was actually a really great heartwarming thing Mary cried at the end. I almost felt like I was going to cry at the end. <laughs> it's really great. So if you're feeling a bit like, you know, an emotional man in his 30s this week, then watch 8-Bit Christmas with your kids or by yourself and have a bit of a cry. <laughs> That's on my watch list. And yeah, cool. I will force the kids to watch that tonight. It's good, Good man. call, man. Good call. Cheers. Awesome. Okay, then. So, guys, let us know what Christmas horrors we haven't uh, included. That, you know, is a grave oversight on our part. Uh, do you agree with our choices or are there any films there that we've suggested that you kind of think what the hell are you guys thinking of uh so next episode is my choice and because we spent a good chunk of time talking about it this episode i want to kind of elaborate on further so tom next episode let's do the giallo oh, subgenre God, it's gonna be so hard because i'm writing, really i've been writing a giallo feature for the last excellent month. Brilliant, telling man. anyone, so obviously now I'm telling everyone. So I'm writing a jelly feature that I want to try and make Excellent. next year, and I've cool. been watching as much Peter Strickland as I can fit into my eyes, and then all the classics again. Yep. So I've literally just done a month long binge into Jalo while I've been doing this, so I'm ready. Great timing, brilliant, awesome, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in there quick as soon as we get off this call. I'm gonna get in there and bagsy my my picks. Yeah, I was gonna say because you know exactly what I'm picking already before we even. <laughs> someone needs an Argento pick. Brilliant, good call, man. Good call, awesome. Yeah, so guys, next episode we are gonna do Jallo films. Let us know of any picks that you want us to kind of talk about and mention. Um, yeah, I like just off the top of my head, I can I can think of half a dozen. So my yeah. my thing is gonna be narrowing it down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I, I've got my obscure one, and I'm definitely going to pick that one because um, it's it's a favorite. So, yeah, but we'll, we'll leave that till next episode. Okay, guys, so thanks again for joining us. Uh, we're on the social medias. So we're on uh, Twitter as James and Tom do. Uh, and we're also on Instagram as James and Tom do horror. Guys, look after yourselves over this, this holiday break. Have a everything. nice Christmas, isn't it? Exactly. This is going to be out on Christmas Eve, isn't it? So We're aiming for Christmas Eve. Happy Christmas. Uh, have a good one, and we'll catch you in 2022.